When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Worry, nothing personal, word of the day. It is December 23rd, 2021. We're one day away from Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve day. I always liked Christmas being growing up Jewish, being Jewish. I always thought it was cool that there was a guy who would come to everybody's house when I was younger. I didn't really understand the concept, but I was always happy that I had eight nights and not one, but the eight nights were generally gone by the time Christmas came. So now it was time for all the Goyim, and they were all so happy, and I loved it. I never got Santa to visit my house, but worry is the day, word of the day for today. Worry. Do you worry a lot? People worry about all sorts of things. My philosophy has always been I only worry about what I can control. I don't worry about the weather. There's nothing I can do. I don't worry about what happens to our baseball team once the game starts because the players have to play. You put the team together, you put your work together, and then you deal with the aftermath in the aftermath. When you're doing a collective bargain agreement, I would worry about how the agreement is going to look at the end because I have some control over it. So worry and control are concepts that you have to remember. Think about, please. When someone says to you specifically, Wow, I'm so worried about you. If you're not feeling well, wow, I'm worried about you. I'm worried that you're going to get COVID. Well, you're out and about, not wearing a mask, not vaccinated, so maybe that worry is worthwhile, but is that going to change anything? I have yet to see any sort of change happen with worry. I'm worried about getting skin cancer, so I'm going to use suntan lotion. All right, I'm worried about having a heart attack, so I'm going to eat less junk food. So you can say there's a causal relationship, but do you really have control over fate, destiny? That is a great conversation to have, but that's not the conversation why worry is the word of the day. The NFL Players Association has a president, plays for the Browns. His name is J.C. Treader. He uh, had a quote yesterday that worries me. You know all the games in the NFL? You know how week, whatever week it was, Coca, 15, this last week in the NFL, there were games on Thursday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday. It's the NFL dream and MLB's nightmare. MLB has always been worried that the NFL would try to take over all seven nights, but for players needing to recover and the scheduling nightmare of someone playing on a Friday and then having to play two days later on a Sunday, or maybe they would play Friday and then a Thursday, whatever the case is, NFL takes over now, Thursday, Sunday, Monday. Then at the end of the season, they start with a bunch of Saturday games. That's four games, that's four days. 
Now you move games because of COVID. You're worried about this. You're worried about that. Now you're playing on Tuesday. So J.C. Treader came out yesterday to tell all of you, do you have any idea how close these games were to being canceled? He wanted all the fans to know that the Browns game, remember the Browns, J.C. Treader, the president of the NFLPA, happens to, sorry, my ringer was on. I don't know if you heard that. Did you hear that? My bad, Coca. Four, six, nine. J.C. Treader, the NFLPA president, wanted to talk to you about how close these games were to being canceled. The Browns were playing Saturday. That was moved to Monday. They had all of these different cases. We talked when Coca was in Europe about I wanted the the Mark Davis to get his day in court with Roger Goodell, the owner of the Raiders. They didn't want the game moved. They wanted to play on Saturday as scheduled. They ended up playing Monday. They still beat the Browns 16 to 14. It was that whole situation. What we always knew is games were not going to be canceled. And the reason why we knew games weren't being canceled is Roger Goodell was pretty clear that canceling of any games is a last resort if you've got enough players between your regular squad, your taxi squad. I don't care if you have no quarterbacks, no wide receivers. I don't care if you're playing two ways, defense and offense. We're playing these games because we owe these games to the nationally televised broadcast partners. They get a certain number of games per year, part of their contract. If you don't get that number of games, you have to do make goods. Make goods is when you have to Here's the code for make good. Lose money. Because you have to perform and not get paid for a performance. That's what a make good is. Picture like a make good performance. Uh, how about if you have to work on a Tuesday? Here's the best way to look at it. You get paid every day, but you have to do a make good because you got paid on a day you didn't work. So you then have to go to work on a random Saturday and not get paid. That's a make good. Make good stink because you forget the fact that you did get paid not to work a week earlier, and then you have to do it the other way. So the second half always feels worse than the first half. So J.C. Treader said to you yesterday, hey, listen, I want you to know that the NFL was close. And then he said, I don't worry about standings. I don't worry about record. I don't worry about those things as president. I worry about making sure our guys are paid. And that was my concern. <laughs> couple comments, a couple questions. He was very clear to say that he doesn't worry about those things as president because as head of a players union, your job is to represent the interests of all the players in the union and the interest of all the players in the union is to get the most money they can for doing the least. It's the same thing with the Major League Baseball Players Association. They want to get the most guarantees, the most money for doing the fewest number of appearances, playing the fewest number of games, traveling the fewest number of days. That is the American way. It's the way the capitalists would say to do it. Get the most for doing the least. I'm in, right? That's great math. The more you get paid and the less you have to do, I am not going to in any way discourage anyone. What's discouraging to me as an executive and should be to you as a fan is that when Treader said all these things as president, what he didn't say is that most players feel the same way. 
if you asked a specific player on a specific day in a specific week what his team record is, they would not know. If you ask a specific player on a specific day in a specific week how far out of the playoffs they are, they wouldn't know. If you ask a specific... Uh, <laughs> 8, 12, 69. If you ask a specific player about a specific incentive clause and when that clause gets triggered, he will know and his teammates will know. It's one of the great mysteries in life how players can be so absent-minded that they miss a community appearance, they show up late to a game, they miss some sort of commitment but if you ask them how many innings pitch they have and how many they need to lock in next year's option, boom. It's like the synapses are firing at all levels. It's an amount of intellectual perfection that makes you wonder what's going on the rest of the time. Is that unique to players? No. A side note, Coca, when I was at Morgan Stanley, I would keep track on a piece of paper not on a computer, when I was doing trades or doing deals where I would get commission because I was paid by commission, I would keep track on a piece of paper next to the phone every single day as I was making commissions, what those commissions were. I wasn't keeping track of how much money the clients were making, even though the more money the clients make, the better it is for me because the more commissions I'm going to get. But I kept track. If you said to me, hey, in the middle of a day, how much money have your clients made today? I would give you the old, hmm, ask my associate. Hey, how much money have you made today? I would nail it to the penny. So this is not abnormal, and I'm not begrudging the players in any way for having this attitude. What I am saying is we did everything we could as executives to cover the fact that that's how things were with the players. We want you to believe that these players care as much about winning as you do. We want you to believe that these players care about their city, care about their community, care about the game, the future of the game, past players in the game. We want you to believe that they are all in on all of it. Here's the problem. They're not. I'm sorry. They're just not. All right. Ooh. Mike Hill is a guy I used to work with. He now works in the commissioner's office. And Mike Hill's family is from Cincinnati, Ohio. Whenever we'd play the Reds, I would go to Cincinnati. He'd go to Cincinnati because you assign trips to your GM or your AGM. You Before the season starts, you actually go through the entire schedule and you assign somebody, some executive to go on a trip. I wouldn't choose the cities I didn't want to go to. I'm the team president. I can go wherever I want, whenever I want to. But I would always go to New York. I would always go to California. Anywhere near Vegas is a winner. I would try to avoid different places. If there's a two-way road trip, it's Atlanta, Cincinnati. I'll probably skip Cincinnati, do Atlanta. But if it's Cincinnati going on to Anaheim, I'll probably fly with the team to Cincinnati and then go to Anaheim, maybe taking a day off in between. Whatever the case is, there are certain cities in Major League Baseball and for any sport where certain players are happy to be in those cities or they're not happy to be in those cities. And it's based purely on social life. So Mike Hill's from Cincinnati. And when we'd go to Cincinnati, we'd go to Skyline Chili. And that's pretty much what we do. And I never thought anything of it because it's very important to have certain stops during the course of a season where you can catch your breath. 
I know I've told you that Giancarlo Stanton views St. Louis as a rest city. It's where you go when you're happy to just stay in your room after games. You don't go out till four in the morning. I love St. Louis. I love the people in St. Louis. I mean a lot. A lot, a lot. That said, not a huge nightlife. And so these players are wealthy and in their 20s. What were you doing when you weren't wealthy and in your 20s? You're going out and you're going out hard. When you're wealthy in your 20s, you're doing the same thing. You're going out, you're going out hard. Oh, and you're a professional athlete. So it is critical to have rest cities. What I never wanted to hear a player say is that their city was a rest city. Joe Burrow is the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. And he said yesterday, that the Bengals are healthy. The Bengals have not been hit by COVID. And his reason is that fortunately, there's not a ton to do in Cincinnati. Quote, nobody's going out to clubs and bars and getting COVID every weekend. We've been healthy. And I was thinking when I read that, imagine being a season ticket holder in Cincinnati, a resident of Cincinnati. You have pride. You've had a bunch of World Series with the Reds, the big red machine. You had Kenny Anderson quarterback in your team. You now have one of the great young quarterbacks. Your team's finally doing well. You've had a lot of, I would say, a lot of years of mediocrity. You had Oscar Robertson. Did you know that, Coca? The Cincinnati Ro Oh, come on. I, I got it. The Cincinnati Royals were an NBA team where Oscar Robertson played. So there's been activity. When you're trying to sell tickets, when you're trying to sell your city, you want people to view it as a destination. You want people to want to be a part of it. And if someone is going to disparage your city, you'd rather it be a visiting player, a road player, a player who my fans are not buying the jersey of this player. And then on top of it, it's the quarterback. It's the biggest name in Cincinnati sports is Joe Burrow. I guess I could do a poll. Is Joe Burrow the most important and biggest name in Cincinnati sports currently? I think that's got to be a clear yes, Coco. What do you think? I'm trying to think who else it could be. Oh, good one. It could be Joey Votto. But Joey Votto, he's sort of at the end of his long-term deal. He got paid a lot of money, not a lot of performance. He's played better last year, but I, I don't know. I like where your head is that MLB may be just as popular as the NFL in Cincinnati. I'm just not sure that's the case. You tell me. Get to me at David P. Sampson on Twitter. Do you think Joey Votto is the face of Cincinnati sports or Burrow? Is it Votto or Burrow? I'm going to take Burrow. And I would have done everything in my power to not have Burrow say what he said, but I'll tell you what I would do once I read it. I'm calling him up, and I'm saying, hey, um, Burrow, Joe, do me a favor, and you're going to have to follow that up, okay? You're going to have to give a quote today because you're getting national attention, and it is a major problem. And the reason why it's a problem is that you're making the politicians upset. You're making people in the Chamber of Commerce upset. You're making people sad about the money they're spending on the business side in Cincinnati, moving companies to Cincinnati. 
You're making fans feel like, wow, should I not be proud of where I live? So when you meet the media again, I'm going to ask you not to apologize because it will seem as though you are being disingenuous. What I'd like you to say is, I wasn't misunderstood, but I think it's important to note that we have a very disciplined team. And while, of course, anybody can go out in any city and find trouble or excitement or insanity or COVID in any city around this country, I am proud that me and my teammates understand the importance of health and realize that we have a chance to do something special this year. And together, we made a pact that we were going to do everything to stay healthy, including staying in both at home and on the road. Now we're talking, right? Somebody asked me whether uh, over the years I've been asked, what's your favorite road city? And I always answer, there's a clear number one road city of all time. It's Montreal. That is where all players wanted to go. Hard stop, done. Favorite, Montreal, Toronto, New York, Los Angeles, Arizona. Good nightlife in Arizona. So that to me is the top five. You ask what the bottom five road cities are? Kansas City, great museum though, St. Louis, Cincinnati, it used to be Milwaukee and now it's not, Milwaukee has totally changed, it used to be San Diego and now it's not, San Diego's a top destination with that whole district, so it's cities where there is maybe a casino, but players don't really love going to a casino the night before a game, it's, they have their meal money with them, but they really, they don't want to do that, and the other city that is the single worst road city for any player who's a professional is where they're from so if you have if you have a new yorker playing they didn't like going back to new york if they played for montreal they didn't want to go to new york if you have someone who lives who's from kansas city they didn't want to go to kansas city la didn't want to go to la why when you go home quote unquote as a visiting player it's a nightmare. You have family to deal with. You have tickets to deal with. You're known. You have an old posse who's looking for you and looking out for you and maybe going to make you do things you don't want to do or you would want to do but can't do anymore. So every player has a different number one worst road city, and that's the city where they're from. Now, funny enough, they will tell you publicly, oh, I love to be home and it's so great. All these players would call. Side note. When free agents want to get signed, fans want you to sign players who are from the city. So in Florida, we'd always get, oh, why don't you sign this guy? He's a local kid. Gio Gonzalez was a great example of a pitcher who was from Florida. Hey, just sign him. Wouldn't it be great? And we never wanted to sign those players because for them to live at home as, as a home player, it's a nightmare distraction. And when players say they want to play at home, what they're really saying is, I'm tired, I'm older, I'm less effective, and I'm going to spend more time focusing on my family and friends. And that is like the trifecta of things you don't want to have in a player. Side note. Okay, Miami is a good one. I don't know why I didn't mention that, Coco. You're right. You don't have to yell it. I know Miami's good, but it was good for home players too. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. You win. Put it in there. Put Miami in. It's fine. 
Okay. When we come back, let's let's take a break. We're going to do clickbait. We're going to review clickbait, which is a mini-series that I watched with the guy from Entourage and the girl from Ruby Sparks. And then we have to talk about what's going on with the CFP because it was amazing what they just announced yesterday. We'll be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. We are getting toward the end of the year. It is December 23rd. Thank you for everything you've done this whole year. Obviously, we've broken records every month. You're telling your friends and family to listen, and they're doing it. And we do love that, and we're thankful. So rate and review on Spotify, on Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. You can check us out on YouTube for the Blazer of the Day. You may have seen this one 32 days ago. Okay, I watch a movie or a TV show every day. I watched a series that I was late to the party. It was called Clickbait, and I was interested in watching because I love Entourage. And the guy from Entourage, his name is Adrian Grenier. Grenier? Is he French? I think it's Grenier. I actually don't know. And it also stars someone named Zoe Kazan. If you don't know Zoe Kazan, you have not been paying attention to nothing personal. She's dating and has kids with Paul Dano, one of the great actors of our generation. And she was in a movie that I asked you all to watch called Ruby Sparks. Well, she plays the sister-in-law of the sister of Adrian Grenier in Clickbait. It's about an eight-part series. It goes on a little long, but I want to give you the lesson I learned from it and the difficult, I'm going to spoil it. It's about what can happen on social media when someone can pretend that they are you. It's really about catfishing. And Catfish used to be a fun show. I think it was on MTV or some channel. And there was some guy named, was it Zev or Zav or Zoe or Lev? Some guy came up with this show. And now catfish became a word that all people know. Coca tells me about catfishing all the time because I get people on Instagram or on Twitter, David P. Sampson, and I say, wow, that person's real. Ooh, that person's real. And he'll say, no, 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 don't respond to that. No, oh, definitely no. If someone has five followers and zero posts, they're not real. General rule of thumb. Thank you, Coca, for that great lesson. My sensei, my social media sensei, Matthew Coca. It is sort of funny, right? A middle-aged white guy of privilege trying to figure out how to be cool on social media, having no idea how to do it, 
and then having his 30-year-old producer basically make fun of him every day, saying, you really think that that woman is interested in you? That woman is either a Russian bot or a man who's sweating from his hairy, fat armpits. So I take that visual and I move on to the next person. And Coca says, nope. But what happens if someone not just catfishes you? I just watched a movie about catfishing. We reviewed it recently, Coca. What was the movie where it was a, uh, uh, it was a, like a Christmas movie? I'm not gonna come up with it, but it just came out probably on Netflix. I wanna say it could have been called Love Hard, but I don't think it was Love Hard because I enjoyed Love Hard. It was something else. It doesn't matter. So someone pretends they're Adrian Grenier and clickbait, and they're not. And it creates quite a bit of a problem. There's kidnapping involved. There's money involved. There is grave concern for the health and well-being. But the net net of clickbait is that it was Love Hard Coca. Yes, it was. Remember, we, re- we reviewed that with Nina Debrev. That was about catfishing too. And of course, she falls in love with her catfisher at the end because she realizes that while he's not handsome, he's nice and he's the one that she fell in love with to begin with. So it's not like that at all. You can't, it was not about falling in love. This was more violent and and kidnapping and and bad stuff. But I stayed for every episode and it's not a two-hour movie. This is like an eight-hour show. And I watched every minute of it because I wanted to see how it ended because I didn't, I had not read spoilers, unlike now you have. And I wanted to see how they would deal with it. And they dealt with it, all right. So can we be careful out there, please, Michael Conrad? Because there's a lot of people who are using their intelligence and their computer acumen to do things for the sole purpose of fooling you, getting your money. It's so bad. All kids now have to look out for so much more than I had to look out for. My biggest thing growing up was not to get run over by the ice cream truck. That was a big one. When you hear the bell, don't stand near the edge of the subway platform. Just a few rules. Not many, just a few. My, oh my. Kids have a lot more to deal with. Nothing personal pick of the day. The Cavs were only supposed to lose by six to the Celtics. They lost by 10. We're down to 169 and 154 on December 23rd. We are going to finish well above 500, but I've lost four in a row and I'm disappointed. We've got a lot of football coming up. Lot O football. There's a game tonight. The Tennessee Titans are playing the San Francisco 49ers. This is not the Houston Texans. This is the Tennessee Titans. Is Garoppolo playing Coca? Has he been cleared? from the protocol when he was in the hospital. For whatever reason, the Titans are getting three and a half from the Niners. That has to mean that Garoppolo's not playing or is playing. It doesn't matter. Titans plus three and a half with Garoppolo is a good bet. Is Tannehill playing? Am I missing something? My instinct is to take the Niners and I've lost four in a row. So we're taking the Titans plus three and a half over the San Francisco 49ers. Enjoy Thursday night football, two days before Christmas. All right, I have an MLB lockout update for you.
And that's your MLB lockout update for December 23rd, 2021. Nothing doing. Nothing. But we have some serious COVID issues still going on. We got to just talk COVID one more time because the CFP did something. You know, December 31st, there's two. You know how the CFP works, right? College football. There are four teams in the playoff, two semifinal games. The winners play each other, and that winner is the national champion. Hip, hip, hooray. Can you name the national champion from two years ago? Isn't that a crazy game to play? Name the World Series champion from 2017, 18, 19. Who lost the World Series to the Dodgers in 2020? Any idea? Quick, who did the Braves beat in the World Series just two months ago? Hurry up. Do you have it? The Tampa Rays? Nope. Who was it? Like the brain is very strange. You only remember the winners. But the CFP is very concerned right now about COVID. They're concerned about the health of their student athletes. (laughs) Sure they are. They announced the new rules for the college football playoff. Now, stay calm because here it goes. If one team can't play in a semifinal, that team then forfeits and the winner of that semifinal game is the winner by forfeit and goes to the championship game. Great. That seems easy. If both teams in a semifinal matchup cannot play, then the other semifinal game where both teams are playing becomes the championship game. And the winner of that semifinal game is the national champion. Makes sense. You lose two teams, you got two teams left, that becomes the final. If three out of four semifinal teams can't play, the last team standing, Nick Saban, is the national champion without having to win a game. If all four semifinal teams can't play, they will vacate the national championship and nobody wins. If both semifinal games are played, the winners play each other for the national championship. And if one of those two teams cannot play on the appointed date, what is the date, Coca? January the 7th, let's say. They will agree to postpone the championship game for up to seven days to January 14th. If the team that cannot play still cannot play on January 14th, the team that can play is the national champion. If both teams equally cannot play, then what? So both teams play their semifinal games. They win their semifinal games. They go to the national championship. Then each team can't play. The game is scheduled for the 10th. They then say you you have an extra four days for the 14th. I think it's the 14th, Coconut, the 17th. And then what happens if both teams can't play? Who is the national champion? Co-national champions. It's something, man. They came up with it. They came up with every possible scenario. Bill Hancock is the college CFP executive director. And he said, 
as we prepare for the playoff, it's wise and necessary to put into place additional precautions to protect those who will play and coach the games. These policies will better protect our students and staffs while providing clarity in the event worst case scenarios result. Do you know what he was trying to say there? We're shutting you down. You are going to be in a COVID bubble, basically. And if you violate it, you're going to forfeit. What he's saying is that we want to let people know we care about the health and safety of our players, of our athletes. But the fact of the matter is, what's way more important, we got to get these games in and we're going to penalize you if you can't play. So what happens in real life? The athletic director gets a call from the president of an organization, of a team, say it's Alabama, and says, listen, you better keep your players. I mean nobody. There's no going out. You got to go full Joe Burrow, full Joe Burrow. Nothing to do, nothing to see. One of the semifinal games is in Miami, by the way, the Orange Bowl on December 31st. That is not good. I am going full John Travolta. I am putting every player in a bubble, and I'm telling them you will not move. We are going to be together from this moment on. Exams, schmexams. We've got to play because to be national champion is a lot of money for us as a school, as an athletic program. So I want everyone to pay close attention. So the athletic director speaks to the coach. The coach gets his players together, reads the new rules about forfeiting and what's going to happen if you're not paying attention, and then they shut it down. They changed the rule that says you can arrive to these bowl games, these semifinal games. You don't have to be there five days in advance. You can now come two days in advance. I would make an argument for those coming to Miami to come two hours in advance. You don't want to be in Miami anywhere near Miami. Trust me. As it is, there's already a bowl that is in jeopardy. The Gator Bowl is between two teams, and one of the teams, Texas A&M, said they cannot play. For a university to not play in a bowl game is a huge deal. Make no mistake about it. These universities get paid to play in these bowl games. And Texas A&M had to make the decision, unfortunately. And their athletic director said it's heartbreaking for our players, coaches, staff, and fans that we can't play in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. As we have learned in the last 21 months of this health challenge, the well-being and safety of our student-athletes is paramount. G-M-A-B. When have you ever had the impression that the well-being and safety of the players has been a paramount concern to athletic directors, to college presidents, or to team owners? I'm just curious. What about any of the decisions made gave you the feeling that their well-being was of great concern? Of course, everyone says it because can you imagine what kind of ogre would not say that? Who would ever have the guts to say that it's just about business? I don't think anybody would other than me on this show. So Texas A&M pulls out of the Gator Bowl, which is on New Year's Eve uh, day. I always get that confused. 
Christmas Eve day is December 24th. New Year's Eve day is December 31st. New Year's day is January 1st. Christmas day is December 25th. And Hanukkah is any particular day in our calendar. All right, you got that? So what does the Gator Bowl do now? You know what they do. They got to play. They're looking for another team, any team. Rumors today is that it's going to be Rutgers. I didn't have a chance to call our friend, the president, Jonathan Holloway, to ask him whether or not he'd accept the bid, a late bid. Talk about being on the second level of invites, right? List B. List A is everyone who gets invited to your party, and then when people RSVP know, you then send out another group of invites because you want to make sure you fill the room. When were you invited? Oh, I, was, I just got the invitation. What? Oh, yeah, I'll take it. No one's going to remember that I got invited to a party. They're just going to remember how great I was at the party. It begs the question that the college football system is so sick that they're going to invite a team who basically their season was over. What exactly has Rutgers been doing since their season ended? I'm sure they've been staying in their rooms and they've been in shape practicing and waiting for that call. Like someone waiting to get asked for the prom and getting dressed in the tux or getting dressed in your dress when you have no date and you're just waiting for someone to get sick or cancel because then you may be asked. So you're sitting on the couch all revved up with no place to go. But if you're Jonathan Holloway and he calls me and asks for my advice, I would say you have to say yes. Because playing in a bowl game is going to add money to your program and you can allocate that money wisely. You know you had budget issues because of COVID. You know that there's no expectation for your team to do well. You get them together. You test them. Make sure that no one's positive. You have a practice. You've got, to, you've got a week till December 31st. Go out and play. Let's say you lose. Hurry up. What was the score of last year's Gator Bowl game? Anyone? I got a better one. Who won last year's national championship and by what score? Forget one of the other random bowls. Who won the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl? You with me? The money lasts longer than the memory. So I've got a wait to see for you. It's a pretty good wait to see, actually. Number one, no bowl games will get canceled. None. Number two, on the way to see Market Coca, it's an extra, not on the document. The Gator Bowl will be played. They will find a team because there is too much to lose for the Gator Bowl for the different schools. All right, did you read the story about Joe Johnson yesterday? Do you know who Joe Johnson is? Joe Johnson was a really good NBA player for a lot of years, and he was completely out of the league. Joe Johnson is now back in the NBA. He's 40, folks. He's two score. The NBA is funny. Let's embrace Adam Silver. Let's compliment the commissioner. He was very clear. We're not shutting down. Hey, sign as many guys to 10-day deals as you want. We're playing. You got eight guys, you're playing. He's postponed a few games, but they're they're playing. They've got Luca in protocols right now. He's supposed to play on Christmas. 
Christmas is a huge day in the NBA. They have five nationally televised games. Five. The NBA has all these players out on COVID. There are now 50 players in the National Basketball Association, 50 on 10-day contracts. 10-day contracts are the contracts that you use when you have to fill out a roster space because someone's about to come back from an injury and you just want someone to be at the end of the bench and wave their towel, use them in practice. You can go five on five. Basically, they are, in baseball terms, they are older AAA players or 4A players. A 4A player is a player who's better than AAA but not good enough to be a big league player. There's no such level as 4A, but we would call him a 4A player. In the NBA, someone who dominates in the G League but cannot do it at the NBA level, that would be a the equivalent of a 4A player. And these players are all getting a chance now. It's like a dream come true. It's like adult fantasy camp in the NBA. Joe Johnson at 40 gets a 10-day deal, one of like 50 players who are getting these deals, and it becomes a big deal, like a marketing thing for the NBA, which is very bizarre to me because are you marketing the fact that your product stinks? Do we think that Dwayne Wade or Shaquille O'Neal or Charles Barkley or Kenny Smith, should they get dressed now, put them in uni? I would always say, hey, can I play center field? When we had some injuries with the Expos or Marlins, can I get out there? Can I pitch? Can I play second base? Can I get an inning? I never really did that. I never shagged. What a regret I have, Coca. I did not shag one time as president of a team in 18 years during BP. Looking back on it, the reason is so ridiculous, actually. The reason I didn't do it it's not that I was scared that I wouldn't be able to catch a ball because catching a ball is actually incredibly difficult, even in batting practice. It's that I felt that there was a aura that I needed to represent as a team president. The anti-Mark Cuban, the guy who's in the locker room and showering with the players, and there are a bunch of MLB GMs who have lockers in the clubhouse and who shower with the guys, et cetera, et cetera. I just felt as though I needed some sort of space, at least publicly where the media would see BP, it would become a story. And now that I'm out of baseball, I sort of regret that. It would have been cool, right? So all these players who are now getting to play back in the NBA, they're getting to relive their dreams. I just wonder when it's going to be too much. What happened here, Coca? Oh, is that happening right now? Wow. So the way they're doing it, this is interesting. This is, this is what a league does when they need games to be played. G League players leaving Las Vegas to sign those 10-day exemptions to join NBA teams are eligible to play immediately, but must return negative tests for five consecutive days upon joining the new team. Adam Silver's really something. If this is true, think about this. He's letting anyone join the team, but you have to test after you've joined for five straight days. What happened to my plan of just stopping testing? And if you're symptomatic, don't go to work. The NBA is doubling down on this testing plan, which makes no sense. You're letting the player join your team already, but then they have to test negative for five days? Okay. What about the last five days? Why test the first five, not the last five? 
Okay. And it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not vaccinated anymore. None of that matters. I'm not at all sure what leagues are doing, except they have figured out they can't beat the virus. They can't figure out what to do because it keeps changing. And so the best thing to do is to pretend you're adjusting on the fly, act like you know what you're doing, come up with different rules every day. It's like rules going into countries. Every day Coco was gone, there was a different memo about what London's doing, what Paris is doing, what Caribbean islands are doing. Monitor our website. You have to be tested one day in advance. Now three days. The USA is high risk. They're low risk. They're extremely high risk. Now you need a PCR test. Now you cannot do a rapid test. You have to have a law school degree to figure out what it takes to go different places. Gnug, it's enough already. But these countries are doing it. These communities are doing it. These cities, these teams, these leagues, everyone's doing it. So you, as a consumer, can attach yourself to the brand, to the league, to the country, and feel good that you're being, quote unquote, protected. That's all anyone's trying to do is protect their right to take your business. It's pretty funny, actually, if you think about it. You know what? That's how to deal with COVID. Everyone should just get a truth serum, stand up and say, you know what? Vaccinated, not vaccinated. I'm past it because vaccinations are available. If you want to be vaccinated, don't be vaccinated. I want everyone to do business and to eat in my restaurants and to go to my cities, to go to my games. So I'm just going to pretend that I care, but I really don't. Maybe that's what we're up to because these commissioners are certainly acting that way. If this were a year ago, there would have been complete shutdown in these leagues. All of these countries would have been locked down. Coca, did you tell me that London is locking down again on December 26th? I have not read that. Was that the rumor when you were walking around London looking right? That as of December 26th, it's a total shutdown? I heard that Israel's closing itself to tourists as well. Everyone is planning. Ah, they're planning for the shutdown. That doesn't mean it was announced. So I'm going to say that London will not shut down. No country can shut down again. They just will not be able to handle it. And the vaccine is so readily available. The amount of sales tax and consumer tax and real estate tax, the amount of money that was not brought into the budgets of these communities, of these teams, of these cities, of these everybody companies, they can't go back to what happened in 20. They're just not going to do it. They're willing to let people die because if you're not vaxxed and you die, it's terrible, but you could have been vaxxed. But they're willing to, that's like the price of doing business now. I think that's where we are, Coca. I think that COVID has become the perfect example for nothing personal. In general, all the leagues, all the countries, they've all looked at you and said, hey, it's just business. This is nothing personal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.